Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. We are going to dig into a lot of, of new news, breaking news, even today. But we're gonna, I'm going to try to shift around the, the order of events here a little. I'm going to go right into a word from our sponsors, so we don't like have to like start talking about the news, then break our stride. So let, let's just do this. We have uh, breaking news from the world of cold brew iced coffee. Grady's Cold Brew is now shipping all of its liquid products nationwide. Now everyone has access to all of the products that made Grady's famous. 32-ounce bottles of New Orleans-style concentrate, 42-serving bag-in-a-box, and even single-serve bottles. Drink it straight, mix in your favorite milk, or spike it for a caffeinated cocktail. Grady's is brewed and bottled daily at their brewery in the Bronx, so bottles ship cold for peak freshness. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Okay, so I, 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 I mixed it up a little, David. Got that out of the way. Hey, Josh. Yeah, yeah. hey, what's up? And how much? How are you? I'm uh I'm good. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm the parent of uh of, of two young boys on the cusp of teenage them and I'm feeling it <laughs> yeah. at the moment, but I'm I'm okay. That's good. You're hanging in there. Yeah. Joining us as always, Kate Riga, how are you doing? I'm good. Back uh in New York. Back from a, a brief brief break, a brief hiatus. Yes. Feeling rested, I hope. But Did also you on a vacation or home or Yeah, I uh, was in Wisconsin with my boyfriend's family. So oh, cool. a lot cool. of cheese curds, a lot of beer, a <laughs> lot of football. Is it what what I mean, without getting too detailed, like in, in like one of the urban centers or out like yeah, in, we were the, in, in Madison. the boondocks? Oh okay. Yeah, right. for some yeah. college reunion type stuff. Nice. Cool. Good town. Cool, cool, Have you cool. ever been out there, Josh? Uh you know, I haven't. I you know that I've I've been I've been, you know, in a lot of parts of the country. I don't think I've ever been to Wisconsin. Yeah, a lot of good progressive energy and oh, history. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it was kind really of really fun. The, yeah, totally. Takes totally, me back totally. to when we were covering the right to work protests mm-hmm. during the Scott Walker administration. Mm-hmm. Was I think a big we story sent for us. Eric Cleefield out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, lots to get into today, as you said, Josh. Um, including news that was happening just this morning. The U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, was scheduled to testify this morning in front of the various House committees that are conducting an impeachment inquiry. This is House uh, Intelligence, Foreign Affairs, Oversight. And oversight, yeah. Um, at the last minute, basically an hour before he was scheduled to to appear, got the word that that's no longer it's no longer on. He was blocked from the State Department, and that order basically came from President Trump. So we haven't gotten to hear from him yet. Uh, this comes after Kurt Volker last week, kind of in a similar situation, was was going to be precluded from testifying. And th- these are behind closed doors. This is kind of a deposition, basically, yeah. an interview uh, in private, so not one of these televised marathon hearings that we're used to. Volker, for his part, left the State Department was like, nope, screw that, I'm going to tell my story. But not the case with uh, Sondland, Josh. And you were writing a bit of a 
a bit of a scathing post about that whole situation this morning. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, well, it's funny too, but you know, you mentioned with, with Kurt Volker because he clearly, there's a lot of, a lot of weird stuff going on there, but he clearly wanted to like, okay, going to cut my losses here. I'm not going to be part of this. I'm just going to say what I did and move on. But what's notable is, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm going back to the McCain Center, which is this, it's, I don't think it's a think tank. It's, you know, it's like a, an academic kind yeah, of. Yeah, at universities, arm. they have the such and such center and stuff like that. And this was set up, I guess, at University of Arizona. Uh, I don't know if it's after uh, Senator McCain died, whatever. Uh, it's sort of, you know, I think the main stakeholder, Cindy McCain, yeah. his, his, his widow. And he was going to go back to there and he was going back and then he fought, they fired him. Right. So he he's had more like uh, kind of and, and I and I guess, as I understand it, it's because he initially told them like, hey, I was kind of, you know, it was weird, tried to steer clear, but, you know, whatever. And then all the all the texts came out and it's like, no, dude, you were like deep into it. So like, what are you talking about? So so now you have this thing with uh, Sun Lin and, and yeah, as I as I said in that in that blog post, I mean. He can testify. He's totally free to testify. The an administration, it is almost impossible for an administration to stop someone from testifying about anything. All they can do is assert a privilege, and then that gives them like a rationale not to testify if you don't want to testify. Um, but he could. I'm not even sure he technically has to resign. He, I mean, you know, no one's stopping him from just walking over to right. Capitol Hill. But I think the normal process is you say, okay. I, I'm I'm quitting and, and I'm going to go right. do it. So and he's, he's flown from Brussels back to Washington in order to appear here this morning, I believe. Yeah, and I guess, what is it? It came out in one of these, I don't know, it was a, some document it came out that, that uh, either the White House or I guess the State Department called his lawyer at like 12.30 a.m. last night right. and like left a voicemail <laughs> message. Like, So it's it it does seem pretty kind of all by the seat of, you know, their collective pants. Do you know, Kate, where uh, where did we know that from? Do we know which document said that or whatever? The lawyer detail? Yeah, well, the, about when they contacted. Yeah, well, that was in um, a letter released by Schiff and Engel and Cummings today when they talked about their intent to subpoena um, Sondland. Right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, and yeah, so Sondland, we can get into this in a bit, but Sondland was heavily involved in these text messages that came out late last week between Volcker, Sondland, kind of part of the whole Giuliani-Trump campaign to to make up dirt. Right. Um, talking about the president of Ukraine, drafting a statement, promising investigations in order to get a White House invite, all that sort of fun stuff. So isn't, isn't there, I mean, what what... I guess just this morning we had this news about this call, um, which again, before we before we started recording, I kind of thought we already knew this, and maybe it's one of these things where we sort of knew it, but now it's confirmed that everybody knows about that part of the texts where the guy whose name's Bill Taylor, who is now the acting ambassador to Ukraine, he's actually a former ambassador to Ukraine. He kind of came in and he's sort of you know minding the shop after that woman Yovanovitch, I right, think, who was, was, fought, out. was fired by Trump. And he's on a text, and he basically says, 
just want to say, like I mentioned to you in the phone call, I think this is pretty crazy yeah. that we're kind of shaking these people down. Crazy to withhold military aid to Ukraine kind of in exchange for helping a political campaign. Right, right. Kind of spells it out very oh, Such a clear, this is my paper trail, colon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wasn't it Sondland who said, hey, uh, by the way, you know, if you have these concerns, why don't you give a call to Pompeo or give a call to one of his aides and let's maybe take this off of a text message chain. Well, was, was that... It, well, okay, so I'm trying to, I, I need to go back, because the first thing he said, well, Bill Taylor, who again is a career force, foreign service officer, says that, what, what Kate just said, kind of like, okay, just going on the record, I think <laughs> right. this is bad, you know, for when, for when this hits the fan. And then in the, in the text thread, it looks like Sondland just replies, but he doesn't. If you look closely, there's a five-hour gap. Mm-hmm. So we know now that Sondland sees that calls up the president directly, has some kind of conversation with the president, and then comes back and says, okay, just want to remind everybody, president made very clear there's no quid pro quo, also no collusion, no obstruction, (laughs) you know, kind of like lays this out. And then is it after that, that he says that thing about, and if you have a problem with it, why don't you go talk to Mike Pompeo? I believe so, yeah. I I guess that's right. Yeah, that part, the... the uh, text he sends after the call with Trump is also just so interesting, I think, like tonally, not even just the content, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's texting, it's kind of chatty, it's kind of. And it suddenly becomes like not chatty. A statement. <laughs> yeah, it is a yeah. public statement intended for the president's consumption when these texts get released. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, generally when you're trying to avoid a paper trail, I mean, I don't know, it's it's not the kind of thing you do for just casual kind of everyday correspondence kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I I, I always wonder, like, are they really thinking our, what is it, what are they, Snapchat? I can't remember. WhatsApp. What, what, okay, yeah. WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be Snapchat. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. But... <laughs> um, yeah, these are for you young people. I, I don't even have these apps. Uh, um, it's a little hard for me thinking, like, are they really thinking that these, you know, they're not on official you know, there was no, there would have been no official record, and I assume they could have just uh, erased them. You know, before anybody, there's no law against erasing things. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there sort of is, but you're also not even supposed to be on a private messaging service in the first right. place. Um, but yeah, clearly he says that, and then and then Sondland says that. You know, as you say, okay, like a prepared statement suddenly, which which you know stands out like a sore thumb in the context of just the way you chat in a in a text messages which is a lot of abbreviations mm-hmm. and chattiness and stuff right. like that and then he says and by the way let's take this off chat <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which again and 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 the administration people and especially Trump are kind of like hanging their head like up oh, he clarified there was no quid pro right, quo exactly. but it's very clear as you said this and 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 the fact that he just talked to Trump that this wasn't just him saying like okay I got to protect myself that that it just yeah. Ties him right in. It's there. interesting. To, I mean, it's hard to imagine talking to Trump. Although I don't know, maybe that Trump would say, "Hey, like, let's let's take this offline, or let's <laughs> you know, let's be smart about this." Right? I mean, it just seems. Yeah, I that's doubt, a level of I doubt detail and finesse that we're not used to seeing in that. Yeah, I don't think Trump tells him to do that. I he, mean, Donald, I still use my personal <laughs> cell phone, Trump. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's more he gets on the phone with him and says, "This diplomat guy." in Kiev is like really not playing ball right. and 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 that is probably his sort of interpretation right. of of Trump saying like shut him up 
you know, and, and someone actually just, just, uh, 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 emailed about this, uh, like you know, emailed into the into TPM about this a uh, short time ago, uh, or actually, I guess it was maybe directly to me, but from from a reader, and, and and said, which we already know, but I hadn't quite sort of you know kind of put all the pieces together. This is like this is like uh, in the second week of September, so this is after this is long after the White House has gotten a heads up that there's a whistleblower. Um, I think it's actually. It may be, it's right around the time that the inspector general of the intelligence community goes up to Capitol Hill. But clearly, not only is it, is it all this stuff has happened and Trump knows about it, they, already, they know they're already kind of in trouble. There's right. like a fuse burning somewhere. Right. The gears have started to turn. Yeah. Every, the machinery is kind of going into action. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We should talk just briefly about Sondland's background, right? So he's a hotel magnet is that right in the pacific northwest yeah, sort like of in a, portland yeah. yeah kind of a i guess a career after trump's own heart basically <laughs> yeah. um yeah political appointee i guess i didn't realize this until uh, a story we put up this morning that kind of traces a bit of his background he's not really doesn't have political experience obviously but that he had abandoned trump kind of leading up to the election after the Kazir the, Khan, Kazir the, Khan the, gold, yeah, the yeah. gold star family. Thing. But the thing was, what I what was what was notable to me is that he was an early supporter. So he's one of these people who's on early. You know, when kind of when everybody still thinks Trump's totally crazy and you know not gonna go nowhere. So he's on early, and then he bails after that. And then once Trump like puts that to bed. Then he's back, and right. he was like a big giver to the inaugural. Like one million dollars or something. Yeah, one million, but I think that was like like that's just for the inaugural, maybe yeah. like other money and stuff. So you know, moving like real money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and then here's my question about Sondland: Is does anyone actually think that he had any intent to testify? I mean, was the flight from Brussels just for show? Because how? I mean, how that's in the question. world could his testimony? bolster his case i mean the texts are fairly damning uh, you yeah. know it's funny a lot of, i've i've seen a lot of people saying this was just like a head fake they were never going to let him testify i i i have a hard time believing that just just because uh that they're very good at trolling but that actually takes a fair amount of organization. <laughs> and it's a pretty high stakes thing because if you're saying, like, like, did they tell him, hey, just come back. And at the last minute, we're going to tell you not to testify. It's a if, lot of hassle. And well, not just hassle. But, like, if you do that, maybe if you've told him he's going to testify, maybe he's going to talk to other people. Like, he could get locked in. And maybe if you tell him at the last minute, he's not going to do what you say. So it's it's... So you think it was just Trump made up his mind at the 11th hour? I think so, although I fully grant. I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> who knows, Everything yeah. is insane, yeah. so, I guess it's, so the, it's possible. If the House committees are getting notice at 12.30 a.m. that well, oh, this is... he was getting notice. Right. His, his lawyer was getting notice right. at 12.30 a.m. Yeah, so I guess, you know, it's, it's hours before you're set to even go up there, so... It's just, I'm trying to think. I feel that, you know, these three players, their response now kind of telegraphs who they think their protection will come from. Like, you know, Volcker went the route of 
kind of cooperating with the prosecution to lessen his sentence kind of at thematic least, At least thing. in the court of public opinion. Exactly, yeah. right. So, you know, he th- turned over the evidence. He's a cooperating, you know, witness and seems to think that that will, you know, give him some kind of a cushion for this fall. You know, Sondland chooses not to go that route for what we know there's pressure coming from the top but there was pressure on Volker too and he thought that this would be better for his self-interest Sondland clearly thinks that sticking with Trump is better for his self-interest yeah well here's here's what's a little confusing about me and uh, confusing about me confusing to me and it actually goes back to what you just uh, asked Kate about you know was this the plan all along that I wrote a post on Friday saying that I think this is a really bad sign for Trump that he's agreeing to testify because that tells me, I mean, he's the one who knows a lot more about what happened than we do. And he has a lot more on the line than we do. And he seems to be saying, you know what? I don't, I want out. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in this. I don't want to, I don't want to be part of this going forward. And what that tells me is like, I don't think Trump can protect me here. I think, I think he's, you know, if not going down, he's in bed. He's this is all going in a bad way. He can't protect me. I need to protect myself. OK, so w- what is a little and, and I, I get the sense that's that is what he that is the decision that that he decided to make. So I don't know exactly. It's not like he just found out they weren't cool with that. I mean, that was pretty obvious when Pompeo wrote that letter. So it's a little unclear what changed. Like, it, I guess it's possible, depending on the level of disorganization that you sort of assume is 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 uh, afoot right now, that maybe, you know, Pompeo writes that letter, kind of assumes everybody gets the message, and then the House people reach out to Sunland or kind of, you know, communicate to him through his lawyer, and he's like, I, you know... I kind of have to do it. Yeah. And they didn't like go to him specifically and tell him. Right. Or they just like upped the ante a lot on him overnight. And I don't I don't know. But again, I'm, I'm just I'm really skeptical that this was all a ruse and, and that he was never going to testify. And he can just. Yeah. I think you make a good point when you say that to to troll like that takes a lot of elaborate scheming. And we haven't seen a lot of success in that kind of area in this administration so it seems like maybe beyond the limits of what could realistically be played out for them everything is and and everything we see is like you know very impulsive you know you have you have people go out and say hey president never asked to do this and then like the next morning he's on tv saying yep do it and so (laughs) like that and that really requires a a lot of coolness under pressure. Everybody has to stay on the same page. It plays out over several days. Just doesn't seem like something that is in in them to do. Yeah. And then, and where's Bill Taylor in this? I mean, I've been away for the past few days, but I don't. I haven't seen anything indicative of that he's being called yet. That's true. He Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intel Committee, spoke to Greg Sargent, our okay. friend and former colleague at the Washington Post. Um, Kind of talking about the impeachment inquiry, where they kind of see things going, and he ex- Schiff expressed interest in talking to Bill Taylor. Now, I don't think he's been formally called or 
subpoenaed well, or anything like that, but it sounds like he's on the radar. It's just, I don't know, you know, the way things go, maybe it just hasn't come together yet. I well, would just think they would want him up there as soon as possible. He seems like their best bet of a witness to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the only, th- I think two things with him. One is that he he's the ambassador there now. And obviously this is a kind of a touchy moment. So they, so th- I I would assume there's some reluctance to bring him out of the country just in a very you know in a very practical sense i think in some ways he's he's less significant only in the sense that it's like it seems like he is um he's the one most removed from trump like he's there he sees what's happening but he's hearing about it through like volker and maybe giuliani and stuff like this and it's it's volker and sunland who are in the u.s a lot they're there, at least in Sunland's case, he's talking directly to Trump. Um, I think also the I think the other issue too is that for a career foreign service officer, you really do kind of need to listen to the State Department and what you know. It's his career. It's not. This isn't just like like a a, a fun job he got for giving a million dollars. It's his career. And there's just a different level of he can't just say like oh fuck that man I'm going to DC I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my story <laughs> I'm it's, on the next flight yeah, yeah it's a, I think it's a little different that's probably why it's 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 more delayed but I've been honestly I've been wondering the same thing like they can they can send someone to Kiev and just like depose him yeah yeah or I mean, get maybe like a written are. statement or something you would think just at the very least I hear everything you're saying but you know there's no way that what he says would not help them craft the narrative of all law-abiding, you know, institutionally-minded people had a problem with this. Yeah. Trump and his lackeys did not. Yeah, yeah, that someone involved on the chains raised alarm, basically. Mm-hmm. And he and he would have. Uh, I, I assume he must be a. Uh, since he's been there before, he's chargé d'affaires. I'm sure he speaks the language, um, and he, so he's. I, you know, the key thing is what Trump did, but certainly he's going to see. And know in some detail how the Ukraine government was reacting, what signals they were getting, um, especially now that we're seeing all this stuff with Rudy also has this like, you know, oil sh- or gas shakedown thing going on with these this like Lev Parnas guy and Igor Fruman or, or whatever. I mean, just kind of ridiculous stuff. So, yeah, I'm kind of a little perplexed. As yeah, well. I'm curious. Speaking of, you know, we. We're going to get into these texts between Volker and Sondland and all these guys. And maybe this is a good time to just kind of dig into that a little bit. We talked about Trump calling or Sondland calling Trump as Bill Taylor is raising the alarms. And, you know, Trump keeps pointing to there's no quid pro quo. There's no no smoking gun, no sort of explicit ask. I'm curious, Bill Sondland responds to Bill Taylor in these texts. Sondland says, as I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with the political campaign. Sondland says, Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. Uh, The president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quo of any kind. (laughs) The president is trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is truly going to adopt the transparency and reforms that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. Like, did Trump tell Sondland no quid pro quo, and that's just kind of like he's echoing that line, and and now Trump gets to point to that text, just saying like, "Hey, this is all it's all good." Yeah, I think so. I mean, we almost, I mean, it almost sounds like, I mean, look, we've been hearing for like two years in different, you know, no collusion, no obstruction. Right. I mean, he's this is his thing, no quid pro quo, right? No, you know, you just it's almost verbatim, yeah, yeah. You just you just kind of say these these blanket denials. The one thing, and I don't have the transcript in front of me, but one thing I'm struck by is. 
prior to saying this, there's various times where Sondland says, yeah, there is a quid pro quo. I mean, he doesn't use those words, but in, in interchanges with these other two, they're talking about it like it's just a fact. And it's interesting. I don't know if it was Taylor or Volcker, but there's one, there's one exchange where one of them, it's prop, I think it's Volcker, says something like, you know, I'm going to have to take your word this is a good idea. And Sondland responds, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying this is where we're at and it is what it is. <laughs> right. And it's a very interesting thing because even in that context, in a moment where it doesn't sound like they're thinking about, you know, for posterity or that these, that these uh, records are going to, you know, come to public light, that he, he, he clearly, like he's saying, like, dude, I'm not saying this is a great situation. I'm just saying this is a situation we're right. in and it is what it is, right? Which, which kind of... You know, look, he's this kind of like big Republican muckety muck, big dollar guy. He's in private equity. He he owns, runs some chain of hotels. I don't think he. This was, uh, you know, I don't think he's like heavily invested personally in this shakedown. Right. But that's just he was where probably, they are. He was probably thinking, I'll go to Brussels for a couple of years. It'll be fun. Like, you know, I'll get to hang out in Europe and kind of mix it up a bit. And I'm sure it is fun. Everybody. Yeah. I'm sure every every. Uh, <laughs> Many times when a head of state, you know, when a member of the EU comes to Brussels to chill or to or mm-hmm. to leave the EU or whatever, I'm sure they meet with, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, right. I guess he's probably involved in some Brexit mess to some extent, yeah. right? Because well, it's also you know you have uh, they, they have what's called a DCM, Deputy Chief of Mission, and usually, especially when you have a non Foreign Service officer non-foreign service officer who is an ambassador, you kind of lean heavily on, on, on the DCM because, you know, if you, even if you assume a non-corrupt ambassador, they don't know all the stuff, never been an ambassador before, like what, you know, or kind of like if, if, if the country you're, rep- you're there, you know, be, uh, being the ambassador to has some separate issue, you kind of lean on that person to kind of, all right, here's what you do here, here's what you do there. So kind of like you don't even have to like study up too much. Right. And it's <laughs> yeah. just fun. I'm curious, I'm, I want to get both of your takes on this. You know, we're in, what, week three, maybe four of this story just being basically wall-to-wall every day. Certainly at TPM, we've kind of eschewed other stories in pursuit of this one one main thing. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Trump hasn't been able to really shake it off or change the subject. I mean, yesterday we had kind of a brief change of focus when when President Trump decided to withdraw forces from northern Syria in order to let Turkey kind of launch an offensive against the, the Kurds <laughs> it's there. Just, it's just a minor genocide to kind of mix <laughs> things up a bit. Right. Yeah, And that sparked, obviously, bipartisan rebuke. A lot of Republicans came out against it, including Mitch McConnell, who very rarely puts out a public statement breaking with Trump. But um, I'm curious, what, you know, what makes it, what makes this stick so much? Is it just that Democrats are launching an impeachment inquiry and so there's just action that's happening or you know what what do you guys think i guess my thoughts on that are kind of similar from what we said last time is that it's just very obvious you know it's just it goes with the text the no quid pro quo thing it's like it's they it doesn't even seem like they were being careful you know it's not the stuff isn't coded it's not hard to decipher it's not even kind of the mob style you know like little subtle signals it's 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 quite plain so i think I think it's sticking because it. What do they, what do they say? You know, how do they spin this in a way that's like, no, that's not what we said. Because it's like you said it, 
you know, you said some of it on camera and you said some of it in a transcript of text or of a phone call that you then delivered. Like, right. You know, it's just it's just there's so much proof. I don't know. I, I think there's three things. One is just the objective fact. Like it's bad. It's like obviously bad in a way that doesn't require a lot of explaining. And it's just obvious that he did it. Like it's really obvious <laughs> he did it. Uh, I think that's. The, the first thing. The second thing is sort of in some tension of that, each day there's some new stuff. And that just in the nature of a new story, new stuff, new text, new revelation, new this, new that, that just kind of, you know, keeps it moving forward. And then I think one thing that has, uh, I don't think it's the dominant thing, is that in addition to it clearly did move things forward that Democrats decided to just, all right, we're impeaching him, done. You know, we're, we're, we're moving ahead with this. But since then, public opinion has been in pretty strongly in favor, at least of the impeachment inquiry. And we had this poll out today from the Washington Post that shows almost 60% support for the, for the inquiry. And so that, that, you know, we don't have long enough or enough data to say for sure but that seems like support is actually growing. Right. It's not just like people are shocked for a few days and then we're kind of back back to whatever. So all of those things combined, I think, and keep it moving forward is pretty Is it 48 strongly. or 49% actually support removal from office as right. well? I believe so. Much higher than I thought. Also, it seems that independents are going more towards in favor of impeachment to me as well. And I think what is part of, I think what's making those factors stickier is the way Trump is reacting like he's guilty so even if you're paying and scared right guilty and scared even if you're paying surface level attention i think you'd be like oh blocking people from testifying to congress you know tweeting every 30 seconds this just is not the behavior of an innocent man i was going to say i was going to make that point too i mean i think traditionally when a president is under fire or embroiled in scandal you might see them try to focus on other things, <laughs> infrastructure or lowering, pr- lowering prescription drug prices or kind of the basic, yeah. I don't know, nuts and bolts stuff. Trump just kind of leans into it. He's tweeting about Adam Schiff every other every other moment. Well, it's funny because his his proxies have been like I, I was I was looking at uh, Kevin McCarthy's Twitter feed today and everything is like, oh, infrastructure, oh, drug prices, oh, the American dream, you know, kind of <laughs> right. all these terrible things that we're losing because of this Im- impeachment inquiry. And I suspect that that probably is like when they're trying to like, all right, how do we get a handle on this? I suspect they are saying, hey, you know, we have this drug bill. Hey, we have this, we have this, uh, you know, NAFTA 2.0 thing. But he's, he just can't, he clearly doesn't have a long enough attention span for that. And, you know, the other thing, I mean, yes, he just seems like really guilty. But even for him, he seems like really spooked and like kind of like on fire. Like he's, he's like, you know, Pelosi's guilty of treason. Uh, Adam Schiff needs to be arrested. Right. He says this thing, he's going to like, you know, destroy Turkey. I mean... He, he seems like he's just Said, like, like in my great and infinite wisdom yeah. if turkey crosses me i will yeah. destroy which, them i've done it before which i just don't i don't fully understand his fear i guess because i mean unless he thinks that there's a risk that he's losing what does it have to be 20 republicans to be removed from office in the senate i i think like contrary to all of their claims he really doesn't want to be impeached just impeached i think that he that is very upsetting to him, and I think the uh, I think the other thing is that like 
if he's impeached and there's a trial and it's like 55, 45 against, yeah, he's still president. But that is like, that's a pretty devastating thing. I don't think... Um, there was an Axios story, Josh, to your point that Trump was saying, oh, I think this whole impeachment thing will will win us back the House. McCarthy will be speaker, all that. But he was saying something like, you know, but it's not good to have on your resume, basically. <laughs> like, it doesn't look good. And so, yeah, I think maybe there is that kind of embarrassment or... I honestly, I wonder if it extends even any further than Obama wasn't impeached. And so he doesn't want to be impeached. Uh, you know, I, it's it's a little hard. To, uh, I mean, obviously, it's embarrassing. But since when does he care about being embarrassing? You right. know, and I'm just yeah. you could see him spinning this as like, that's what happens when you drain the swamp. You know, yeah. swamp tries to drain you, whatever. But yeah. he's just clearly for someone who's got no concept of history or the stature of the office that he holds at all. There does seem to be a big part of him that's reacting to like, I don't want to be on that list. Of the impeached president. I, I agree. I do kind of agree with you that, I mean, not kind of, I do agree. You'd kind of think he'd say like, oh, I wear your impeachment as a badge of mm-hmm. honor. Yeah. Because you suck and you're corrupt and you're traitors and all this kind of stuff. Like but I mean, the, only libs, you can't get rid of me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you might try to impeach me, but I'm Exactly. But I mean, again, clearly that is not how he sees it because <laughs> right. he's going nuts. Yeah. Right. He's to. I mean, even for him, it's like it is several notches up the dial crazier than than i've ever ever seen him and uh and i you know i think i have to imagine that he is also seeing that like yeah you know uh jim what's that guy's name jordan yeah jim jordan and mark meadows and and uh uh matt gates Gates, and all, all these kind of guys but like most of the people in the senate they're just kind of like, okay, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. You know, it's that must be pretty unnerving. Mitt to Romney has been the strongest in coming out against him, but there's been a little bit of movement otherwise. Ben Sass, you know, we've talked about him before. He's kind of edging in that direction. Rob Portman, there was a story in the Ohio, Ohio the Columbus Dispatch or yeah. something like mm-hmm. yesterday saying, yeah, Trump calling on... Very John low Edgen. energy. It's pretty low energy. But, but still, yeah. kind of like, it's not good. It's right. not okay. Right. Not going to impeach you. Totally not going to impeach you. Right. But it's still not okay. I mean, and they're using words like inappropriate. You know, it's like, oh, it's right. uncouth to <laughs> right. coordinate or with some, the foreign You know, power. Susan Collins, same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, speaking of Trump just kind of going off the rails, I mean, we, we should, before we go, kind of talk about one of the other big things that's happened since we were last in the studio, which was Trump calling on China to investigate Biden as well, Right. which he said on the White House lawn, you know, in front of reporters, he gets up in these pool sprays almost every day now, basically kind of sounds off on whatever's on his mind, basically, but uh, just came up with a whole new country to, (laughs) to take down one of his political enemies. Yeah, there is this I think, and you can kind of see this in the defense of the people who really want to defend him, that, you know, they can say there's no quid pro quo, but it's, it's I mean, we've all read the transcript and, and there's probably even some secret parts of the transcript that are worse that we haven't read, but we've read it. So I think they realize that the only path is that's what a president's supposed to do. What's the problem? Right. You, you like corruption? 
So they they right, have right. to they have to say it's a good thing. And also And so he and so and for the the most effective way for him to say it's a good thing is to do more of it. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Germany, I want you to investigate Biden. Because <laughs> right. again, it's it's there's no We're rooting out corruption everywhere. Yeah. It's all you have to be all I will in. say it was kind of interesting to see some Republicans. Marco Rubio was one of them. I guess Jim Jordan was on this train saying, Oh, I don't think he was being serious. That, you know, this I mean, is Trump just kind of trying to rile up the media. You know, he gets you guys all worked up, and this is just part of his game. I mean, well, it's funny that, what is it, uh, Aaron Ryan had just some tweet, like, you know, I burned down your house as a joke. <laughs> you know, sort of like, like okay. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. The Chinese response to that was just so funny to me, because it's like you can almost, like, feel their gleefulness bleeding through the words where they're like, Oh, we have no intention in meddling in the domestic <laughs> affairs, you know, and you know they're over there like, oh my gosh, Christmas come early. Yeah, yeah, it's it's embarrassing. So one other thing I wanted to touch on, I guess, real quick, but before that, let's listen to a brief word from our sponsor. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, so Josh, you know, we've got a debate next week. 12 people on stage. I mean, this is kind of the first <laughs> it's time. back to 12. So who are the two ones who got back Steyer in? Steyer and uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, we've heard from Joe Biden co- talking about, oh, Trump is corrupt. We're going to beat him like a drum. He kind of has his whole sort of typical line. I mean, do you think, how do you think he's going to respond on stage? How do you think the other candidates are going to, I don't know, address it or, you know, because it's, it's going to have to be, I mean, basically it will be, it seems like this is going to dominate the debate. I think the other candidates playbook is, pretty easily written for them it's like you look bad if you do anything other than you know vice president biden and i don't agree on everything but he is a man of integrity and this is just yet another example of trump blah 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 it's like then you you've got the high road you're going against trump going up against biden makes you look stupid but i think for i'm more curious in what biden does because i think their response to this so far has been bafflingly weak like this doesn't seem hard to me, to spin in his favor, not least because they've got the most basic politician defense out there, which is, you do what you want to me, but you leave my family alone, you know? Yeah, and the fact that even, even I mean, yes, I, I, uh, you know, this has been, I, I have been for a while, I really kind of, I'm worried about someone else besides Biden being nominee, because Biden polls much better against Trump, and Beating Trump is so overwhelmingly important. Hard for me to see see past that. Um, on the other hand, I do think that what is really key about this primary thing is you will see if he's up to the challenge. He's you know it's a it's a try it's a practice election basically, and yeah, it's been pretty weak. And and it's it's the weird thing is is that like I feel like Elizabeth Warren, I don't know, she just keeps showing up. Like, just, I don't know, I don't even know about what. She's saying something. She's tweeting something. She's, like, you know, raised a lot of money. Like, she's just, like, you just feel her energy. Her presence Mm -hmm. is, now, some of that is she's rising in the polls. That makes you look strong. I mean, blah, 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 blah. But she's just present, right? She kind of, like, taking on Zuckerberg, 
take it on this, take it on that. Even this thing with there's been this kind of mini scandal, which seems like it's totally bogus about whether she was actually fired from this teaching job for being pregnant. It seems like it was cultivated by her campaign almost because it's so stupidly helpful to her. Yeah, Wait, you're going to really argue that employers don't discriminate against visibly pregnant women and you think that's a winning well, argument? certainly 50 years ago yeah. or 45 Even years now, ago. Even now, so that, of course yeah, then. Yeah. Well, but I think then it was just, it was considered just obvious. Well, of course we right. fired her. She was pregnant. You know, <laughs> people had very retrograde ideas. Um, but she is just present. Even her scandals make her present. Right. And, her, and she wins her scandals, right? Right. right. And or Jacob Wall tries to take her down and she tweets yeah, the exa- cougar. Exactly. That is yeah. what I was trying to think of. Even, <laughs> even you know, and, and yeah, Biden has just been kind of like, eh, Hanging back. No, yeah. Don't you do that to my son, <laughs> Hunter Biden. Well, you know, I, think, just... I think some degree of that is it shows the amount of coordination of Warren's campaign, right? Because res- scandal response is, I mean, it's based on a lot more than just the candidate themselves. Right. And I think Biden's people, for some reason, have not come out with a coherent strategy to bat this back and to allow him to focus on something else. You know, it's like he doesn't want to be running a general and a primary at the same time. You know, there I disagree with you, though, because I think this is an opportunity for him to say, you know what? Let's be honest here. I'm the guy. Trump's afraid Mm -hmm. of me. There's a reason why he's coming after me. My polls are the strongest. Let's be honest. I'm the one who can beat Trump. And so let's do it. You're coming after me. I'm not I'm not saying that is true necessary I, I do think it's true that he's the one who who trump fears the most but that doesn't mean he's necessarily the strongest candidate but it's an opportunity for him to say like all right you know forget about bernie and 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 senator bennett and all these ridiculous things this is about me and trump so let's do it and a front runner in a in a primary campaign is always looking to be able to say like come on we know who the nominee is going to be. Let's let's you get know this, what this on. Is about, right? Yeah, and also, and it's funny that some of, you know, he had he got a little uh, grief a few days ago where I guess he wouldn't say definitively how he would vote in you know if he were still in the Senate in a in a Senate trial. So well, I'll wait to see the evidence, and you know, and you're kind of like, okay, that would make sense if you're a senator, but dude, you're not a senator. Like, come on. Um, and there was another point at which he he said something like, there's been no suggestion of a conflict of interest or no evidence. And you're like, dude, no suggestion. Like, The facts are on your side. The facts are on your side. And like, you're, you're in this Senate speak sort of thing. Like, this guy has committed one of the most brazen abuses of power in American history. It's shocking. And you happen to be innocent. So can you not do a little better than that? (laughs) Right. So my thought on why him fighting the general now might not be ideal is that I think you're right in that it does, it makes him powerful. It makes him, I'm the one Trump's afraid of. It gives Trump a lot of credence, you Mm -hmm. know, thereby that you should consider me the most powerful. But putting that aside, I mean, I think the reason of what you said of why Warren is so present and honestly a kind of electric recently is because it's not it's not Trump 24 hours a day. She talks about yeah, Trump, I, she dispatches I, I him that. I agree and then that. she shifts back to you know bread and butter the the 2018 democratic model in some way. She's more progressive than that model, mm-hmm. but that you know it's just it's more about I guess not just being a foil to Trump, being her own person. Now I guess the key is 
we don't know if that's what people want. Well, I would I would say you're making a really good point. And, and a lot of the things that like when even, even when she took hold of that ridiculous Jacob Wall thing was pushing the cougar thing <laughs> that you, you see her little pivots and you're like, that's what the future could be like. Like, that's what a really different thing could 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 be like. So I agree with you on that. I guess I would say with Biden. That is his strong suit. He's never going to be like, oh, Biden, I see the future there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's never going to be him. That's He's right. always going to be a, a a kind of a, a goofy white guy in his late 70s who maybe it's all good because he can beat Trump and sort of get things back somewhere to normal. But that, it, you know, that kind of it's on Trump, me and you in the boxing ring, dude, that's his thing. The whole kind of like tough guy, you know, kind of two guys having it out. That may not be the future, but that's the that is his card. He's never going to be. He he's not going to be Sanders. He's not going to be Warren. He's not going to be. You know, it's because what you say is true. She she's. It's funny. She is, in a lot of ways, uh, Warren is like sort of these prototypical women candidates who won in a lot of suburban races across the country in 2018. Now, a lot of those were less ideological, less to the left with her, but ideology and positions aren't aren't everything. So my, my point is just that that was always the the only kind of campaign that was really open to Joe Biden. And, and Trump gave him the perfect opening to run that campaign. So it's not that that is, you know, the best general election campaign, all of that kind of stuff, but it's the one that's available to him and he has not taken it up or at least taken it up in like kind of low energy and, and, and almost like it's, it's funny. Like sometimes I can't even like put my finger on it. All I can say is that as someone who's done this for a long time, who's pretty immersed in the news in the nature of what I do, I keep hearing about Elizabeth Biden. Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's 14 slip. I keep hearing about Warren. And, like, I never hear about Biden. Yeah, he's not really breaking yeah, through. It's not. true. Well, yeah, it seems like a good place to leave it. We'll see what happens next week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Grady's Cold Brew, yada, yada. Uh, ready to give it a squirrel? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's actually, yeah, my, my, my alarm was going off here because I, I, I'm uh, – Today's my day to to uh, pick up my son from school. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Don't want to for, don't want to forget him. Uh, but speaking of not forgetting, again, twenty percent off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Uh, remember that is Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. And remember, we are still in our membership membership drive here at TPM. So if you haven't become a member yet, please remember to become a member. Listen to our podcast about. Why we need you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like two podcasts ago, you can That's you right. can hear it and be propagandized for about yeah. twenty minutes. So far, so good. Yeah, if, you know the drive is going well. But yeah. tell some friends if you know people who are on the fence, or if you yourself have kind of just put it off. If you've been low energy, let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's step up change to the plate. that. Time yeah. to do it. Yeah. All right, thank all you right. all. Later, thank folks. You. Bye.